Hello, and welcome to another episode of Happy Without Medicine. It is me, Dr. Yoandi, your host, and today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think will be very relatable for many of you listening. I, for one, know that I have had to navigate seasons of difficulty, seasons of hardship at various points of my life. And it's something that's coming up quite a bit in my practice. And so I thought I would come onto the podcast and share some of the strategies that I am offering to the marvelous women, the givers and achievers that I see week to week in my practice. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Personally, I'm not a fan of comparing struggle. So sometimes my patients will come and say, well, why am I responding this way when person A or person B has been through so, so, and so, and so, and they haven't had it much worse. I shouldn't have any reason to complain. I'm not a fan when people do that, when we start to have this struggle competition, because at the end of the day, pain is pain. And when I look back on my life, there have been moments that people would categorize as trauma. But somehow, again, I can't really pinpoint why. (laughs) It could be a number of things. It could be the environment in which I grew up with and how it helped foster resilience. The grace of God, obviously, if this is the first time we're connecting, you may or may not know that my faith and my beliefs are a very big part of how I operate and how I engage with the world. And so I'm sure there are many different reasons as to why traumatic events haven't impacted me the way that I'm sure they will have had on other people. And I see that often where an event that happened to one person ends up resulting in trauma or a traumatic response, and the same kind of event might happen to someone else, and it doesn't, and vice versa. So when you switch the people, it could be what was traumatic to person A isn't traumatic to person B, and what was traumatic to person B isn't traumatic to person A. And the reason I'm saying this is because life is full of challenges, and however those challenges end up impacting you a result of many different things that we don't really quite fully understand. But even just bringing it back to a day-to-day level, most recently, we all went through a global pandemic. And I think it's safe to say that for the most part, the impact of this global pandemic has been quite significant on our mental and emotional health, our sense of safety, our sense of security. We're still dealing with the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're still dealing with issues around burnout that resulted 
from mom staying at home, trying to work, trying to run a house, trying to homeschool and all of that. I still see the aftermath of that in my practice. So 2019, 2020, 2021 was a very challenging season for many of us. I, for one, was very stretched and very challenged. When we talk about when life gets hard, that season for me was very, very hard, as I'm sure it was for many of us. That was a season where I was home with my kids, trying to figure out how to get back to work, moved back from a city that we'd lived in for seven years, feeling very alone and isolated. I lost my hair. There were crying spells, meltdowns, all sorts of different things, relationship challenges. I just wasn't myself. And looking back, I know that the impact of the pandemic changed the way that I showed up for my friends, for my family. But looking back, there were things that I was doing to try and create a sense of ease, even though things got really, really hard during that time. And I'm going to share some of those things with you. And these aren't new strategies. These are strategies that I have used in the past when I was experiencing a really low mood seasonal affective disorder at the time when I was pregnant with my first daughter. You know, just again, a sense of really low, really deep sadness and just not wanting to do anything, just not being myself. I use the same strategies then. I've used the same strategies with patients in my practice who are going through a very challenging time, whether it's the loss of a child whether it is the end of a romantic relationship, whether it is moving to a different city because they can no longer afford the house that they live in right now. Whatever the situation is that life has thrown at people, these strategies will help create a sense of ease when life gets hard. So I want to clarify, they won't make the situation easier. I don't think you can tell me that these things are going to make For example, for one of my patients, the loss of her child, easier. It's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. But what this can do is create a sense of ease, a flow, a rhythm in your life if you're currently experiencing hardship so that you can get through it. It's not going to fast forward the time. It's not going to accelerate the time. It's not necessarily going to make the challenge easier, but it's going to give you a sense of calm internally so that you can get through this hard season. And so the first point is to recognize and acknowledge and accept and embrace that you are in a season. That season could be a season of postpartum. It could be a season of grief. It could be a season of change, whatever that might mean for you. In fact, accepting that it is a season by default, you're accepting that you are going through changes. And many of us are so attached to control and wanting to know what comes next and what comes here and what comes there 
But the truth is that when we are going through a transition period, when we're going through changes, there's no way that you can necessarily know what comes next. And I think that's a big part of the anxiety that comes from many people when they're going through challenges is that unpredictability and that loss of control. And so acknowledging that this is a season of change, it's like going on a roller coaster, whether you like roller coasters or not. You accept that you have no idea when you're going to go left or right. If you're going on a ride like Drop Zone, you have no idea when that drop is going to come. But you accept that as part of the experience, as part of the ride, that there is unpredictability, but I'm not going anywhere. There's literally nowhere to go. And so I have to stay in my chair, buckle up and be here for the ride. So the first part is acknowledging and accepting and embracing that you are in a season. And by default, the season is going to come with unpredictable changes. The next point is to reconnect with your own personal priorities. And what I mean by your own personal priorities, I mean things that have to be important to you in this season. Things that absolutely necessarily have to be important to you in this season. They might not even be stuff that you want to be important because many of us have kind of put those necessary things on the back burner and prioritized other things, whether it's because of people pleasing or a low sense of self-worth or low sense of confidence. We have deprioritized the things that actually need to be a priority. And so in this season, what are those things that have to be important to you? Not things that you want to be important to you, but things that have to be important to you. Things that if you continue to let them go will have a negative ripple effect, not only on you, but on the people around you. And so some examples are getting well, right? Getting well might be something that you have put on the back burner, And you have put everything else ahead of that. And when I say getting well, I mean physically well. I mean mentally and emotionally well. And even financially well, right? These are some of the things that are easy for us to put on the lower part of our to-do list, our priority list. But it's time to bring those things up because they have a lot of leverage. Once you recognize what has to be important, what your priorities are, and you reconnect to them, A simple shift in that can actually go a very, very long way. I was sharing with one of my patients today that we've since changed our school drop-off routine because now our kids go to two different schools. And what that means is less time in the morning to get everyone organized because our commute is a little bit longer. And so I was finding that in the mornings I was feeling very rushed and very pressured and very tense. And I didn't like that feeling. So I, first of all, acknowledged that, okay, we're in a new season. Things are changing. And next, I realized that my priority is to have a sense of ease in my mornings and to flow through the mornings and kind of ramp up the day instead of starting the day already rushed and feeling like I'm already behind the eight ball at seven o'clock in the morning. And so once I realized that, okay, my priority is reclaiming that sense of ease in the morning, I then said the way I can do that is to get ready before everyone else wakes up. Even before 
my morning meditation, prayer, journaling time. And that's an extra 15 minutes, but that extra 15 minutes saves me a lot of time in that I don't now have to get ready as the kids are having breakfast and rushing and coming down and making sure that everything is packed in a very short time window. And so I've taken care of myself before even they've they've woken up. And so that 15 minutes has provided a lot of leverage for the rest of my day. So you have to decide what is important to you. And is there a small change? I know 15 minutes in the morning, depending on who you ask, might not really be a small change. But is there something that you can do that's not going to take too, too much of an effort that can really expand your sense of ease and bring in a sense of calm? We're not talking big, drastic changes here, but once you identify what your priority is, you can then hone down and say, okay, this is what I want to change. And oftentimes it's just a little change that can offer a lot of leverage. So that's the next point. Reconnect with the personal priorities and act on them. The next is to resist the temptation to compare. When you're going through hardship, like I mentioned before, it gets very easy to start comparing pain to pain. And this competition between, oh, and it's an internal one, of course, this person went through this and look at what they're able to accomplish. Or am I the only one who has gone through a failed marriage? Am I the only one who has gone through the end of a relationship? And you start to question yourself and you start to compare yourself to other people. Please don't do that because like I said before, the way you respond to a situation is going to be very different from the way someone else responds to the same situation. And the way they respond is going to be very different to you. So this might be a time where you curate your social media, for example, so that you're not seeing people who are consistently causing you to feel bad about yourself in this season. And uh, You might say, okay, well, this person lost their parent six months ago and they've moved on, why can't I seem to move on? That's not productive and that's not going to invite a sense of ease in the season that you're in. You need to focus on getting better. You need to focus on healing uh, and comparing yourself to someone else is going to do the exact opposite. It's going to just keep reopening the wound because now you're grieving and then you're also beating yourself up over the grief doesn't make any sense. And so please resist the temptation to compare yourself to anyone if you're going through a season of hardship. Now, this is my favorite, favorite, favorite recommendation when it comes to finding ease in a season of hardship. And that is to establish routines and establish rhythms for your day. I can't talk about routines and rhythms enough. They served me so well in the height of the pandemic when I was home with two young kids trying to figure out going to work. I trying to figure it all out, you know, changing my career, starting a business, all of that. It was the routines and rhythms that kept me sane. I feel like if I didn't have them, I would have been a whole lot worse than I actually was. Routines and rhythms keep you grounded. They help you keep track of time if you're in a season where time just seems kind of arbitrary to you. 
you know what your morning routine is, you know what your afternoon routine is, what your evening routine is, what your nighttime routine is. You have a rhythm when it comes to your workflow. You have a rhythm when it comes to getting the kids ready for school. It helps give you a timestamp to your day and it helps you have these milestones to look forward to in your day. Routines are also so amazing with helping you stay present because part of the reason why we're not present is because we are trying to get ready for the morning, but we're also already thinking about work or we're on our emails working while trying to get the kids ready or trying to do a bedtime routine. And it's just well, just all over the place. But when you have a choreography to your day and you have a sense as to when this routine comes and then this rhythm comes and then that rhythm comes, it keeps you grounded. And it creates the sense of inner peace that even when everything around you is tumultuous, those routines, you know what, what is coming next. Our minds love predictability and consistency. And so if you're able to establish some sort of consistency to your day, whether it's having dinner at the same time or whether it is doing the same three things in the morning when you wake up and the same three things in the evening when you're getting ready to go to bed, those step-by-step, one, do this, then do this, then do this. Even if you don't do them in order, you just know that, okay, between eight o'clock and nine o'clock, these are the three things that I do. It just helps to timestamp your day and it helps to anchor you. It helps you to stay present. And so, and all of that directly equals an increase of inner peace and this ease that I'm talking about. Okay. And so to wrap things up, I have shared quite a bit when it comes to finding ease, finding inner peace when life gets really hard, which it will, which it will. But if we can regain a sense of control by doing these things, you know, we talked about acknowledging that we're in a season and acceptance can be such a powerful switch for us in being able to stay present and bring in inner peace, accepting that, you know what, this is something that I can't really control right now. So I'm just going to accept that it is what it is, but figure out how to thrive regardless or how to find inner peace regardless. We talked about reconnecting with your personal priorities and figuring out what is it that I have to make a priority in this season? What do I have to make important in this season? And making little tweaks that can actually offer a lot of leverage in creating that inner peace that we're talking about. We talked about ditching comparison because as the famous quote says, comparison is the thief of joy. And so if you're really trying to work towards getting that inner peace, that inner joy, you can't be comparing yourself to other people. And we talked about establishing rhythms, routines, timestamps, ways to anchor yourself in the day, ways to stay present, ways to stay grounded. And so I hope you found this episode helpful. As always, remember that this is not a substitute for seeing your own therapist. It's not a substitute for seeing a professional, especially if you're going through very, very challenging times. Having someone who you can talk out your feelings to, who can help you make sense of your thoughts, help you come up with other strategies that can lead to inner peace in a season that's very hard 
Yes, I come on here every week and I love to share these things with you. But remember, it's not a substitute for actually seeing someone for yourself and working on a personalized strategy for you. But all the same, I really hope you found this episode helpful. Remember that I'm here always fiercely advocating for your happiness. And until next time, take care and don't forget to share this with someone who you think will find this helpful. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.